Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. podcast i am bj Rydell, back here with my guy drew mahold and today we have another awful awful performance by the vikings to talk about so that's what drew and i are going to do today we're, we're basically going to um feed right into your panic because i'm i think i'm right there with you um vikings obviously coming off of a 28 to 11 schlacking at lucas oil stadium against the indianapolis colts uh kirk cousins was a dumpster fire the offensive line was not great the defense continued to have issues so we will go into each one of those elements and uh try to find you know something to look forward to for the rest of this year i know we're only two weeks in but i like i just said to drew before we started recording here I think it's really time to panic, and I have no issue with anyone that's got a severe problem with this team right now, which I'm sure we will get into. So um, that's the game plan for today. I expect this to be a relatively short episode, you know, relative to our standard, that is, but uh, we'll see how this goes. So um, let's get it started here uh, with the quarterback, as we typically do following, um, you know, a, a Vikings game, and of course, that's Kirk Cousins, who... Uh, really put together one of his uh, most memorable performances uh, against the Colts this weekend. Um, 11 for 26 shooting, 113 for yards. That's an average of 4.3 if you're counting. Three interceptions. I'll give him a break for one of them because it was a Hail Mary, but three interceptions on the stat sheet, a 9.3 QBR, a 15.9 quarterback rating. And I don't care how much you buy into stats. None of those sound good. So, Drew, what is your... What is your what are your thoughts on Kirk Cousins specifically as it pertains to this Vikings performance yesterday? Yeah, this is bad, uh, and I, I I hope he understands that uh, that you know this was has to be the worst start in his career, right? Has to be. Um, and there's a million different ways I could go with this and um, sort of express what I'm frustrated about. Uh, straight up, he was inaccurate, like. Part of it was in, was uncharacteristic of him because he's generally accurate throwing the ball um, when he has a platform to throw off with, which I think most of the time yesterday was the case. I don't think the offensive line was 
that bad, you know. Um, there's a couple times relative to the circumstances, at least. It right. Wasn't that interior, bad. you know, DeForest Buckner got home a couple times um, through the interior, but I think the tackles held up pretty well yesterday. I thought Reef and, and O'Neill. So um, it's just I, you know, maybe does, does Stefan Diggs matter that much? I mean, well, that's another question maybe for after you know, the Kirk Cousins discussion maybe, but my word, he was super inaccurate. He doesn't look comfortable throwing to anybody besides Steelen. And it's pretty easy to, you know, I mean, if it, I don't care who your defensive backs are. Uh, if you put two or three guys on a receiver, it's going to be tough for that guy to get open. Uh, <laughs> Unless you you're Calvin Johnson. Through, you can right, literally you Calvin yeah, yeah. Johnson. You can bracket him. You can do whatever kind of deal. But if you pay extra attention to one receiver and there's not another option that's reliable besides that guy it's just it's it's difficult to uh no difficult to move the ball down the field passing so and that's not i i 100 i'm not trying to excuse kirk but clearly he's built this chemistry with Thielen, has not done so with any of the other receivers yet um and, and again the accuracy for whatever reason was awful i mean both of those well the the two interceptions you did not mention um or I mean, you mentioned the hail mary the one down the field, that was just a deep shot, right? And uh, double coverage dealing. Uh, probably ill-advised, but definitely pressing at that point uh, right. in the game. And then the throw was a little bit behind BC on that uh, little kind of slant route. But placement should definitely be better there. And there was other issues in placement that I think there's maybe one or two more balls that should have been intercepted probably. Uh, so this is clearly the worst I've ever seen Kirk Cousins play in a Vikings uniform and probably the worst he's ever played in the National Football League. Um, I think this loss begins with him. Um, and then I think I, I, it's not the case as last week, right? Last week it was the offense on a s- small sample size was solid, just a couple plays here and there that really changed the outcome. This week the offense was horrible throughout the game, could not sustain a drive. Uh quickly got into the third and long situation. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I don't really have any words. Uh, I, my, my thoughts on this game, my, I'm, I'm quickly turning from, okay, how can the Vikings win week to week to while wow, this, this plan the Vikings have to win long-term or they don't really, the fact they don't have one, they don't have a plan long-term. And that's what's so discouraging about this is the Vikings, their plan is to be win now or at least that's what it would seem. And they are absolutely not doing that. And I don't see a win on the schedule in the near future. Okay. So there's a lot to unpack here with Kirk Cousins' performance, right? Like the numbers say it's bad, but it was so much worse than even the numbers say. Like the, it rivaled, it rivaled Josh Freeman in 2013. It it seriously did. And that's, that is, that is some, depending on how you look at it, some either elite or awful company. To be in. So when we talk about quarterbacks, right, we always talk about how the reason why we attribute wins and losses to the quarterback position is because of the impact they have on the game. Now, most of the time we're talking about the positive impacts that quarterbacks can have on a game, right? We're always talking about, well, if you have a good quarterback, you can hide so many deficiencies. Like Russell Wilson can hide his offensive line. Tom Brady has been hiding bad receivers for years. I mean, it's so easy if you have a great, well, okay. I'm using a relative term. If you're a great quarterback, it's so, quote, easy to hide these mistakes. Now, we never talk about what happens when your quarterback really, really sucks and it kneecaps your entire team. That's what Kirk Cousins did yesterday. I've got a real problem with that because he went from being some people calling him a game manager, right, which 
it, okay, I kind of disagree with that. I think he's closer to a gunslinger than a game manager. Yesterday, he went from being a game manager to a game destroyer. Literally, like he 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 completely hindered the Vikings' chances throughout the game. Whether it was the fact that he was throwing in accurate accurate passes, like Drew was talking about, or it was the fact that he was straight up afraid to throw into tight coverage. That Jay Gruden quote, which I thought was hilarious at the time, it's it's not funny anymore. It's real. <laughs> Like, you bring up the point, okay, it looks like he doesn't have chemistry with his other wide receivers. Now, we can give him a little bit of a leash on that, right, because he didn't have a full off season, not a really fair circumstances to evaluate, you know, the right. off season. Well, that, but every other quarterback didn't have the offseason either. Right. So right. How, why is he having such, you know, why is it so tough for him to get acclimated with these receivers, but other quarterbacks around the league are – uh, you know, it's tougher for sure than normal, but they're clearly doing it better than he is. And it's it, OK. So it's not just that Kirk Cousins played poorly. He also played poorly in a week when you absolutely couldn't have that. We talked about it leading up to this game. You know, you made kind of the bold statement that week one was a must win for the Vikings because of the implications that losing to a division rival, especially probably the team that's the favorite to win the division has on your remaining schedule. Okay, so if week one was a, quote, must win, week two after losing that game, I don't care if it's an AFC opponent. You need to get on the board. Mike Zimmer's never been 0-2 with the Vikings ever, right? You heard that stat said enough times yesterday, I'm sure. This puts the Vikings in a horrible, horrible position. You've now lost to your bitter rival and a team that just lost to the Jaguars. You lost to Phillip <laughs> Rivers, who was trying to throw interceptions in this game. And you wouldn't let him have them, with exception to Eric Wilson finally getting his hands on one uh, you know, deep in the red zone there, which was really one of the few bright spots in the game. And then we could talk about, we can go all day about Kirk Cousins' relationship with Adam Thielen. I don't think Thielen is playing poorly. His release looked good off the line of the scrimmage. He's doing his absolute best to get open facing double coverage or, as you said, bracket coverage with a safety over the top. And that's supposed to open up one-on-one -on -one for someone else, right? If you're running two and three wide receiver sets and you got a safety shading over the top of Adam Thielen just to take him out of the game, just throw the ball to B.C. Johnson. Throw the ball to Justin Jefferson. Throw it to Irv Smith, but not four yards behind the line of scrimmage. Throw the football. This is on Kirk. Like you, like this is a deficiency of like just tremendous magnitude that he doesn't understand that it's never going to be perfect. This is the NFL. Windows close in a millisecond. You have to fit it in there. You have to try. At the very least, you got to try. And you might say, well, he did try. He threw deep to Adam Thielen. Well, that was an ill-advised try, as to use Drew's terminology. It was a try where it's like, okay, if you look at the field in that situation, I understand you've only got three seconds to scan the field, Kirk, and probably even less with this offensive line. But if you're if you're going to throw that ball, can't you just check the other side of the field to see for single coverage and try that throw instead? Justin Jefferson's a first-round pick for a reason. I mean, B.C. Johnson, you played with him last year. You know what he can do. I don't understand what the issue is here. Like, throw the ball to someone else. It, Jefferson ended up leading the Vikings in receiving because he was wide ass open the entire game. Like it, it's, it's embarrassing. It, it's straight up embarrassing to employ a quarterback who's going to hit the cap at $41 million next year. And he's not, he's afraid to throw into single coverage and a tight window. Dude, that's just not good. Like that's not going to happen. Like Jay Gruden said it, man. Like it's impossible for someone to scheme someone wide open on every it's, single play. 
It's he's, not going to happen. He's definitely hesitant, right? And that is leading to some of these sacks. Uh, for sure, the safety. Again, the Colts oh game, God. right? Oh, my God. The, That's the two safety. games in a row with the safety yes. now? Yes, yes. What are you doing? At some point, it's not just on the play call. Like I'm, I'm not blaming. I'm not taking blame away from Gary Kubiak because I think his play calling has been questionable at best through two weeks, especially with those long developing plays in the red zone. Or excuse me, not the red zone, our red zone. So backed up against the, you know, the, the, uh, the line there. But, but Kirk, like you have the ability to change the play if you see a blitzer, and you may not have seen Jair Alexander. We we talked about that a yeah. gamble play, whatever. But you got to see it this time. Yep. You just had it happen last week. Can we learn from the mistake? Well, in this one, even this one, it seemed like he, so the pass protection I thought was good, right? Like he had time to throw, to make a decision, to get the ball out of the end zone one way or another, whether it meant him moving with his legs or throwing the ball elsewhere. Uh, and for whatever reason, he basically, if I remember correctly, like ran into or stumbled into his own lineman. Um, and instead of booking it out of there, kind of tried to make a hero play, look down the field one more time before he was eaten up by Colts players. Uh, and so I, you know, I, 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 my, my takeaway on this, I'm sort of done with the season, like as, as bad as that sounds and as pessimistic and as, you know, um, irrationalism that might sound. I'm sort of done with it because I don't see a win on the schedule in the near future, to be quite okay. honest. Okay, Tennessee, so Houston, Seattle, Chicago, whatever it is, like like in, at Chicago, mind you, I don't see anything happening soon. And so at that point, you start looking ahead to past 2020, and maybe I'm, I'm hoping things can get turned around and this will be, you know, cold takes exposed, like uh, whatever. But there's no plan B for the Vikings. Like they can't, like they got, they're committed to Kirk. Like his contract isn't all guaranteed, but it kind of is guaranteed through 2022. They just extended Mike Zimmer as head coach. They have extended Rick Spielman, which that's a little different because of, you know, his drafting history. He's hit some solid picks there, but basically you're saying, okay, this is what our core right now, what we've got. We like it for three seasons. The first two games of that, regime for another three seasons awful awful luck and I, the scoreboard in both games is a lot closer than it should have been right right both it's not teams, indicative of the performance at all right packers and, and and colts in both games to be if there's a positive i I've, i feel like red zone off or red zone defense might be a positive because yeah. teams are moving the ball at will and then the vikings are able to get a few stops and force field goals yeah this these, neither of these games are close there's a one clear better team than the other. Vikings are getting destroyed. And I don't see a solution other than speed up time three years when things are – when Cousins is presumably gone, Zimmer's probably not head coach anymore. Because, like I said earlier today, I think on Twitter, if you're going to stick to a defensive head coach, which they extended Mike Zimmer, if you're going to stick to a defensive head coach in the NFL in 2020, that defense better be elite. That is how you can win. Because look at these recent Super Bowl winning teams – Denver 2015, right? You can make a case for Philly in 2017. Uh, you know, you can make a case for New England getting there a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, these, if you're going to keep a defensive head coach, and for what it's worth, the Eagles didn't even have a defensive head coach. Doug Peterson is their guy. But if you're going to focus on defense, that's going to be your identity. It better be elite. Because as, a, as you can see now, having an elite quarterback is a far easier way to win. 
uh, to win football games and finding that guy, drafting that guy, grooming that guy for the future. Vikings didn't do that. They went the other way, tried to go the Flacco Ravens route and it's their defense is the worst in the league. So there's just no hope and something needs to change now. Or, uh, I mean, again, I've already thrown in the towel. So it's at this point, it's kind of, uh, I don't, I'm never going to wish that Mike Zimmer's fired. I will never do that. Um, cause I like Zimmer too much. Uh, but the, the focusing on defense, it better be a very good defense if that's going to be the identity of your team. And that's certainly Zimmer's identity. So to wrap it up with Kirk Cousins, then, and then we can talk about the rest of the offense here and the defense, as you just made note of, which also yeah, jumped all over particularly. the map. On that one, I, I'm cool with that. I mean, there's a <laughs> lot of places to go here. I mean, the one point that I want to make with Kirk here is I think for me personally, and I think that. I've been very rational with Kirk Cousins. I've, you know, ro- read, rode the roller coaster, sat I don't know how, I don't know what the verb is there. I've been on the roller coaster with Kirk since he got here, and I've been pretty rational. I feel like I've given, you know, optimistic takes. I've been pessimistic. I've been very flatline about how I feel about Kirk Cousins, right? This, to me, is the straw that broke the camel's back, and I don't think I'm I don't think I'm panicking too early. I don't think that's an irrational take. That's now a 32 games, or excuse me, a 33 game sample size that you have from Kirk Cousins so far in Minnesota, right? The best game was pretty great, right? You know, the game winning touchdown to Kyle Rudolph against the Saints, pretty awesome stuff. But that's, I think that's the ceiling now is, you know, a a very lucky play that probably could have been called a offensive pass interference like that seems like Kirk Cousins ceilings to me I don't see him I no longer think he's has the potential to win a Super Bowl I, I think that he is the problem he is the sole like there are issues on defense but I think those issues could be covered up with better quarterback play we'll see uh, the issue and that I think a lot of people have had a question about and it's sort of been that sort of uh that lingering thought in everybody's mind and you know, some Vikings fans have been willing to sort of confront this more than others is that Kirk has seemingly needed things to be really great around him, right? That has seemed to be um, why Kirk has played well is when, you know, a lot of play action is used and Stefan Diggs can get wide open down the field and Dalvin Cook is running the ball really well. That type of thing can carry him along. And now, first of all, we're seeing the value of Stefan Diggs. Um, I think because, Josh Allen is too, by the way. Yes, yes, that too. Uh, and so you take away Diggs, a superstar receiver. Um, and we've seen, you know, in the past, Thielen's production, when he's got that attention on him without Diggs, has not been awesome in his career. We're seeing that now, and the situation is not as perfect. It's not as great for Kirk Cousins, and he sort of has to create a little bit more on his own. That's certainly didn't work well. Doesn't, I don't he, think it's, he has. Just, it's not a trait he has. It's not the it factor that he has. And so somehow, some way, Kubiak has his work seriously cut out for him because it's going to basically be, to me, up to him to get super creative to make things easier for Kirk. Because that, I think, is – and that's, it's insane to, to say that about a quarterback making the money that Kirk is. Um, but, again, it's like – I say this with good intent. Kirk – is exceptional when the script is working, you know, like he will execute a script to perfection and he's better at it than most quarterbacks in the league. But when that script is not awesome, uh, which is, has been the case with Kubiak, things can go downhill quickly. So it's a very fine line there. 
And so I, I, it, it sucks that the responsibility falls on Kubiak in this instance, but I, I do think some of it does just it has to. because of the way Kirk Cousins plays. Absolutely. The, the last note that I'll make on Cousins is that people have been, you know, since he's arrived in Minnesota and really since he was in Washington, people have given him a hard time for prime time, right? And just for pressure situations in general, they say, you know, Kirk doesn't yeah. handle pressure well. Okay. I think that is a little bit off. Right? I don't think it's the pressure that does it to him. He just doesn't get it done when it matters. Because this isn't a high-pressure game, right? This is a Week 2 AFC opponent, right? But it mattered to the Vikings, right? In terms of team morale, in terms of us as a fan base, you know, being involved and being optimistic about the season, this game really mattered. And Kirk completely shit the bed. He's been doing, like... It's not a pressure thing to me. It's just when you need him most, he does not get it done. That's not okay with me as a fan. And as, you know, as someone that likes to think he can analyze football pretty well, that seems like a pretty important trait to be missing on when you're paying a guy $40 million, right? I mean, when the it's not when the pressure's on. It's when the team needs you. When the team needs you to step up, you got to be there, right? You have to do it. Kirk has never See, done that. And the perfect it's the perfect tease because the Saints game last year with the Thielen throw, like the perfect tease. Hey, you know what? Maybe this guy can do it. And that is why I, I mean that little glimpse of hope was enough for the Vikings brass to all right, here's your extension. Zimmer, because you bought into Kirk as well, you get an extension as well. Like that just that little bit of tease. I mean, and I, I saw this flo- idea floating around a little bit on Twitter, and I will never fully agree to this, but People are saying, like, you know, long-term, that win against the Saints was actually a bad for the Vikings franchise. I will never subscribe to that completely and say, well, playoff wins are actually bad. But right. there's a point to me that's, you know, that to be made there, and that's that. If the goal is the Super Bowl, right. that win prohibited the Vikings' chances more so than had In the long run. In the, the long, long run. Right. Yes, yeah. yes. Just because, you know, now that sort of confirmed that they're going to extend Zimmer. They're going to extend Kirk. Remember, there was those rumors about, oh, is Zimmer going right. to be fired if they don't make the playoffs or win a playoff game, whatever it was. They won that playoff game. Zimmer's gets another three years and is off to a rough start in his, what you would expect at this point is his final three years or less as Vikings head coach. Okay, so we've done a number on Kirk here, but he's, <laughs> <There> not, <we laughs> he, he's not the only one at fault for this offensive performance, right? Uh, let's look at the rest of this unit. Um Dalvin Cook, 14 for 63 and a touchdown. Basically garbage time stats for the most part. That touchdown was, what, in the fourth quarter and didn't yeah. matter at all. Um, Justin Jefferson led in receiving with three catches, three of them, and 44 yards. And Thielen behind him at three for 31. Thielen's three catches were all on the first drive and then <laughs> shut out after that. So Right? Okay, so... Uh, There's nothing you... else to take away. There's nothing else to take away. Uh, I think, I mean... Okay, the one take, Drew Samia, probably not NFL caliber guard. Probably not. Yeah, that's um, yeah. Uh That's one thing to take away. Um, it can get worse than Pat Elfline. It can convert, get worse. Yes. Uh, but other than that, I, I, I don't see a lot of blame to be passed around. Uh, I thought the offensive line, at least on the bookends, Reef and O'Neal were solid or reliable or at the very least serviceable. And I, I guess I haven't looked at, like, you know, the all 22 to – see how you know if the separation jefferson or bc was getting down the field or thielen for that matter um so i don't i don't have the expertise on that but i I just i don't 
I don't know. There's it just seems like the third down offense for Minnesota is not working, and that probably is contributing or happening because uh, first and second down aren't great, and they're in third and long situations. So I don't know. The offense again, it, 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 a lot of it is going to boil down to the quarterback, and we covered Kirk very, uh, uh, very well already. So I, I just like even if this team were to get into the postseason, right? Like let's say they go on a run here in nine and seven. By the way, twelve percent of teams that own okay. two get so. There you go. Okay, so let's say the Vikings go on a run here. They go nine and seven. They get that extra wild card spot and sneak in, right? Okay, let's say that happens. Now, do you trust this team to run the table and not have a stinker just randomly out of absolutely nowhere, completely unforeseen? Because I don't. It's not just Kirk. It's the rest of the offense, too. Like, Dalvin Cook could get hurt. He always seems to get hurt. I know that that hasn't happened. Knock on wood hard. But, like, do you trust this team to stay consistently good for, what, three or four games in the postseason when it matters the most? No. Against the best teams in the conference. Right. I'm out. So for those reasons that we've discussed, I'm out. Like, I, I don't see it with this team. I, 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 I don't. It, the offense isn't good enough to cover up the defense. So let's talk about the defense now, who just lost Anthony Barr, by the way. And I know that we throw a shade at Anthony Barr for not playing up to his salary, but that's a big loss nonetheless. He does a ton for this defense in terms of where he's positioned on the field and the, the guys around him kind of line Range. up in, in as kind of like, like Anthony Barr is the centerpiece in the middle of the defense, right? Harrison Smith is moved around and Eric Kendricks are moved around as a result of where you place Anthony Barr a lot of the time. So this is important. And also it puts Troy Dye on the field, who we've seen what the rookies for the Vikings have done so far. I don't trust that Troy Dye is going to be any better or any more prepared than the guys that have already been on the field. Cameron Dancer was inactive yesterday. What in the hell is that? I don't like that's a. Another just another blow to this team's chances of anything successful. Like you look at yeah. the defense and the way they played yesterday, they were basically bend but don't break. Which, you know, you can win with that. I'm not saying it's impossible. Generally, with that type of defense, you need to score 30 points to do so. But okay, you get a couple sacks, and Gakwe finally got his you know fa- uh, sack fumble. Of course, the Vikings didn't recover it because that's the luck for the Vikings, right? Um, and he got a sack from Holton Hill and then Eric Kendricks played his thing. But like, other than that, like Harrison Smith was out of position on two or three plays downfield that the Colts didn't beat the Vikings on. They could have the like, T.Y. drop in the end zone. Oh my God. Yeah. Like it was, it was either Anthony Harris or Harrison Smith was out of position there. And Harrison Smith was running to cover it up and Anthony Harris was in the wrong spot. Someone was in the wrong place and both those guys are making over $10 million a year. So, Hey, figure it out. Right. Like I, I don't like to be the guy that's like, you know, it's easy to be an armchair GM, right? And it's easy to sit here and be like, well, Eric Kendrick should have been here. Harrison Smith should have been here. Kirk Cousins should have been looking at this side of the field. It's easy to do all that stuff, but like they don't even look prepared. They're out of position a lot of Which the time. Th- that would go back they're, to the coaching staff if they're not prepared. And I think that they have a piece in this too. I mean, I think it's more Kubiak than Zimmer right now because I just don't think that Kubiak and Kirk are in sync. And I also think that Kubiak is – maybe a little dated or at least it seems that way through two yeah, weeks. It does. I, I'm not, um, I'm not saying he can't win games. I'm saying that his play calling style uh, doesn't look good through two weeks. Just seems like his concepts have been, you know, like, you know, weeded out, right? Like, like de- like defensive play callers have sort of figured that part out. Uh, but there's, 
I, I, I don't have the research or the knowledge or the expertise. I haven't dug deep enough into it to know if that's true or not. But clearly, Daniil Hunter, you know, I feel bad for him because the guy is, has to miss three weeks. And this is the performance that his teammates are throwing out on the field. Uh, the, but the frustrating part, you know, Anthony Barr, that sucks. The injury to, for the torn pec. Uh, you know, I, I'll always appreciate Anthony Barr for turning down uh, more money to go play for the Jets and instead taking less to play for Minnesota again. Um, I, I, for what it's worth, I appreciate Kirk for the same reason. Uh, but the frustrating part is clearly the Vikings, again, they're, they're trying to win now in at least some capacity. This isn't a rebuild because if it was a rebuild, Mike Zimmer probably wouldn't be the head coach. Um, you probably don't you know, extend Kirk Cousins and you let them play out their last years or the last, well, which would have been 2020, the last year of their deals. But instead, even when Hunter goes down, you've traded for a star pass rusher for a one-year deal. That is the most win-now move yeah. yes. you can make. And so, and that's what everybody, you know, uh, any way you look at that move, if you're rebuilding, why would you make that deal? Give up a pick or picks, whatever it was, and grab this pass rusher when you have younger guys that you need to see, that you need to develop. And so that is... That's the frustrating part. Now he's he he showed up against the Colts, uh, but that that's frustrating because the performance in the field, specifically against the run, now too. I mean, Jonathan Taylor got what he wanted. I mean, I don't know I don't know how many carries he had on that 26. first drive, but it was oh uh, he had like ten or twelve on that first drive, and every one of them yeah. went for four yards. It seemed like, and so it, there's there's nowhere to, like we I'm almost at a loss because I don't even know where to start, uh, and then. I don't want to talk too much more about this game. Like it's, it's depressing, man. It's it not is. like, it's not like we, we are, we are very, like it's, it's one thing. If the, the, the rebuild, like the safety net was there for a rebuild, right? Like that's why I'm, I'm at a loss is because like, it's one thing, like if you do it Miami's way, right. We're like, okay, well, you know what? We're losing games. We have a plan and we are we can flip to the rebuild mode if we want to. The Vikings do not have that at all. There is no way out for multiple years. They can't if they wanted to rebuild, they'd have to wait several years to even start that process. That's the part of this that is frustrating. Like I don't care like if you want to rebuild, fine. You know what? Do it. Like that it's working for teams clearly. Uh, you go in there, you get your quarterback, you start over. If you find if that quarterback hits, then you're it's not that long before you're competitive again, right? That's the part that is, I think, the most upsetting for, I think, Vikings fans are going to notice is that you're locked into Kirk probably through 2022 unless something outrageous happens. You're locked into Mike Zimmer unless – I don't know what the clauses are look like or what would happen for him to be terminated on that contract. I'm not sure. But you extend those guys. Okay, you're like, okay, this is our team. This is what we can win with right now. And they don't have a plan B. They don't have a plan B. And so that is why it's, it's so kind of upsetting and I'm at a loss. I don't know what to say because you put There's this no team together, you, you, you buy into what they have. And it's just they're the worst. Like they are literally the worst team in the league right now. They've ran, they haven't even ran 100 plays yet on offense in two games, right? That's like 20, at least 20. I saw the chart today, at least 20 lower than any other team. That's just because they never have the ball because they can't stop anybody. And when they do have the ball, they can't extend a drive. I, there's I don't know. I mean, I don't I have no idea how when or how the Vikings will become competitive again. There's just 
they, they, I don't see a roadmap any way how they can in the next three years. There's, there's no plan in place, no plan that can be created for that to happen. I don't get it. And if someone's got a plan, by the way, I'd like to shake your hand. Cause like, I don't, I like, I, I'm, I'm, I don't think that we're, you know, I think to a degree, everyone that watches this football game is going to be reactionary, right? You're going to look at that. You're going to say, okay, if this is the Vikings, we're screwed, right? And you've got yeah. two games for a sample size. I think it's fair to to, ha- to be a little reactionary and to be, you know, t- I think panic is fair right now. I really do. You're 0-2. Like you said, 12% of teams in the old playoff format actually made the postseason. Like, you've already depleted, like, a lot of your chance to, to even get there, to make yeah. this season worth it, right? And now, like you said before, the schedule, like, they're going to lose next week to Tennessee for sure. It's not, that game probably won't even close. Derrick Henry is going to run it down the Vikings' throat. Imagine Derrick Henry against this defensive, you know, this run defense right now. Now, I think we're kind of, I think we're sort of leaning towards wrapping up right now. We didn't cover a ton of the defense, but I don't really feel like touching more on it. Um, this is a if there's, if there's one piece of optimism to look at, right, if there's one, I still don't buy the NFC North as being good, even Green Bay. I don't buy them. And Chicago, I don't know who they beat. What Detroit and the New York Giants? Good for you. The Very Packers right. beat really bad, clearly a bad Minnesota team and Detroit. Nice, good for you. You know, and I think overall in the NFC, you're seeing the Niners have a bunch of injuries. Like that sucks, but bunch of injuries now. Uh, yeah. The Saints are out without Michael Thomas, and I still kind of I think the Saints are due for regression a little bit as well. Um, Dallas does not appear to be that good. Uh, you know, the loss to the Rams and then the, a miracle win against the Falcons. So, like, basically what I'm saying is I think the NF- NFC is still wide open enough, including the NFC North, that the Vikings can scrap together something. Something. I don't, it's not going to take some miracle run out of nowhere like maybe it did in 2017 um, or 2015 even to, to make the playoffs. I think something – I think eight wins could easily earn a playoff spot, whether that's winning the division at eight and eight or becoming a seven seed at eight and eight. So, uh, and it, it, that's the only optimism I can think of right now, but everything else is just, it's, it's depressing and, and sad and there's no way out, uh, for a long time. So that's, uh, I guess that's a fun way to conclude the show. I don't know if we're there yet, but I, I have nothing else to add besides that. Okay, I will I, I will conclude it on this statement right here, right? So I generally consider myself, not just in football, but in life, to be an optimist, right? I think I have a pretty positive attitude toward things, and I, I do a pretty good job laughing things off when it's just not that important, right? The Vikings yesterday, I reached, and I'm I, for this story, it's important to note, I'm 28 years old, right? I'm, I'm relatively young on the scale of human age, right? Yesterday, I sincerely questioned for the first time, am I going to die without a Viking Super Bowl? Again, I'm 28 years old, right? I theoretically have three, you know, 50 more years plus to live. And I, dude, I, I'm, this one really hurt. I, I, I'm, I'm, for those of you who like felt like tremendous fan pain on this one, like I'm with you. Cause like, like that was just so. It's just it's like even 2011, like. Or 2013, like it was, you could see the way out, sort of, you know, like right. There's the a light at the end of the tunnel. Like, like you can just draft the quarterback the next year, you know, with Ponder. Like you can just try and draft your quarterback the next year, or whatever the case is. Like you're paying Kirk however many million. Like that that 35 or 45 million cap hit in 2022. 
that becomes guaranteed at what the third day of the 2021 league year, which is this March. Yeah. So I think that's what it is. So there's not a way out of this for a while. So it's it's kind of like just to extend off of that real quick. So I know that there's people listening right now that are like, please draft like tank all the way draft Trevor Lawrence, right? There's some, someone's thinking that, um, there's a lot of people thinking that there's a lot of people. Okay. So let's say they do that, right? The number one benefit of a rookie quarterback, right? The salary cap relief. If the Vikings were to draft Trevor Lawrence next year, that luxury is gone. You still got to pay Kirk Cousins $40 million. Your salary cap doesn't get that benefit. Like, you, sure, you might have Trevor Lawrence, but we're still talking about four years down the road before you can rebuild. Like, there is no immediate out. To echo all of Drew's points, like, there is there is no immediate solution to this unless everyone just gets better. Which, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's the only solution <laughs> that's here. The solution. And, and I mean, maybe <laughs> the cornerbacks can get better. They're young. They're talented. They can get better. The I don't think the quarterback can get better. I'm sorry. I'm out on Kirk Cousins. This is my this is my day. This is you know I've I've done 33 games of this guy. I've seen the ups and downs. I've seen who he is as a quarterback. This game is going to continue to happen. It's going to happen again. I know it's going to happen again because it's happened several times before. Hell, it's happened against the Colts before. This is going to happen again, and I'm tired of it. Okay, like this is like this is just it's completely demoralizing as a fan and as a football analyst. How can you look at this game and find any sort of positive other than, you know, Dalvin Cook is still a talented running back. I mean, that touchdown run was pretty nice, right? You know, he had to break a couple tackles. He weaved it inside and out. There's some things that you can look at and be like, all right, there's a redeemable reason to watch these guys on TV right now. But they're not winning a Super Bowl this year. And they're probably not doing it next year. And they're probably not doing it after that. Unless literally, you know, there's 22 starters. There's probably 10 more guys that rotate in. I want to say 23 of them have to get way better for this team to have a chance to compete for a playoff position right now. That's where I'm at. And I don't think that's overreacting. So I, that's that's it. That's that's all I got. I'm, I'm pissed. I'm with you guys. This, <laughs> this is not like. This isn't fun anymore. You know, like football's supposed to be fun. <laughs> it's gonna get worse this week. That's where I'm at. I mean, that we'll see what the pre we'll see what the preview episode holds. But that is that's where we're both that. and I are at. What a great uh, what a great promotion for the, the the show later this week. You know what? Yeah. Hey, we don't, we hate the Vikings. They stink. But listen to us next week to see how they can win against the Titans, or probably don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry. I don't think that this podcast has any promotional value right now because of the team that we cover. I'm sorry. Like, and but the thing is, though, the only benefit to us, the reason we continue doing this show probably is because, well, one, we have to. We're under contract. But number two, Vikings fans love this shit. I love being mad at this team. It makes me feel it makes me feel better when I know they're bad and I'm right. It makes me feel better. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed listening to Drew and I rant about all of the, you know, Probably the sentiments that all of us were feeling yesterday. Hopefully you kind of feel feel a little bit seen because it's not just you. This is all of Minnesota. And dude, like panic all you want. I'm normally a proponent to say, hey, let's see. Let's wait a couple weeks. I'm not ready to wait. We're two weeks in. I'm ready to fold. So we'll, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll cover the Titans on the next episode. We'll go into the ways the Vikings could potentially win. But again, I mean, this is this is disaster mode right now. There's something drastic has to happen. Um and I just don't see it happening. So to conclude a very depressing episode of the Unbelievable Podcast, uh, thank you guys for listening. 
uh, to this show, and to, hopefully you'll continue listening after this. <laughs> um, and if you want to continue listening, make sure you find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, um, Stitcher, etc. Uh, we're on YouTube, too, if you want to watch us there. And make sure to check out the rest of the Climbing the Pocket Network and on Daily Norseman as well for uh, more Vikings content. Um, yeah, so thank you for listening to our show today, and uh, we will catch you guys later on this week. Oh.